0: We is
1: How can God make the audacious claim that we should not be afraid? in a world with such uncertainty and such pain. Well, look at what the verse actually says. Psalm 23, verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. My friends, God's presence changes everything.
0: Most people don't mind being scared when it's in fun. Having a gun put to your head, well, that's definitely the wrong kind of being scared. Life is full of things that frighten us or give us reason to be anxious. Pastor Daniel is going to remind us that stress is normal in life, even for the people of God. What he'll be teaching about from Psalm 23, though, is the importance of remembering that God is leading us, and we'll make it through. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Psalms chapter 23 as he begins his message, When Life is Scary. Jesus
1: You know, whether we like it or not, life can kind of feel like a roller coaster. There's seasons that things are amazing, and then there are other seasons that are just completely bewildering. I know I've experienced that. I remember growing up, I never really thought about how beautiful life was when I was growing up, but it really was. I was surrounded by loving people and lots of fun and good friends, and, and everything was just kind of like rolling along. And even though I didn't grow up knowing Jesus, life was like, yeah, this is what life's supposed to be. But then by the time I was about college age and I made it to college, very quickly things went from being really wonderful to being really heartbreaking and horrendous. I remember the summer after my first year of college, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. And that was really, really rugged. So, you know, I'm about, what, like 18, 19 years old at the time. And as that's happening also, my years of heavy partying was moving on from what dumb kids do when they don't know Jesus to full-blown addiction and all that comes with that, where I started seeing friends ruin in their lives. We started having run-ins with uh, law enforcement and not only watching people do it, having it happen to myself. And then you fast forward a couple more years in that downward spiral. And the summer before my final year of college, my mother passed away. She was 49 years old. And at that point, my addictions went into absolute overdrive as I tried to, not knowing Jesus, as I tried to navigate all of the fallout. And what was amazing was I would have these moments in the midst of the heartbreak and the sadness and the brokenness of that season. And I would look back on the earlier years before all this happened. And I would think, man, where did those days go? Like, where where did those beautiful, fun days go? And I didn't quite understand what was going on. But the thing is, is Life has all sorts of seasons to it. And I would love to be able to stand up here and say, listen, everyone, listen, you you trust Jesus, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, and life will only be wonderful seasons. It's just going to be so perfect. Everything, there's going to be no issues, no problems. There's not going to be sad seasons or scary seasons. But that actually isn't what our Bibles teach. Our Bibles teach that life has all sorts of things involved in it. And our job is to see how God works in the midst of all of these different seasons. That's actually why we've called this series that we're doing in Psalm 23, Wild. Because life has a tendency to have all different things involved in it. And really, what we learn is that God is intimately involved not only in just the beautiful seasons, but all the seasons. And we're going to see that in technicolor today. So everyone open up your Bibles to Psalm 23. And I love the fact Pastor Gabe, when he preached, he had everyone stand up and read Psalm 23 together. And I always think of this great quote by the great Russian composer Igor Stravinsky, where he said, Good composers borrow, but great composers steal. And so, so everyone, I want everyone to stand on up and we're gonna read Psalm 23 together. Let's all read this aloud together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Give yourselves a round of applause. You did great. God's word is good. David has been talking about how God is his shepherd. And we saw how Jesus is that good shepherd. And because God's a shepherd, we don't we shall not want. And as a good shepherd, he leads us beside still waters. He makes us lie down in these green pastures. And he restores our soul, the inward person of who we are. And he says, hey, like, he leads us down these righteous paths for his own names. He leads us right into where he wants us. And then all of a sudden, what we're going to see today, we land at Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I don't know about you. I loved every part of that psalm until verse 4. Because I'm all for, like, man, I'm following Jesus. I got me the still waters that I get to walk beside. Beautiful. I get to lay down in the green pastures. Nice. I'm all about taking a nap on some nice, beautiful ground. Oh, and the Lord is restoring my soul. Oh, I want him to do that work of restoration and my inward parts. And oh, I love that God is going to lead me on these paths of righteousness. God wants me to walk with him, in his steps, for his glory. Yes, but then David, as a shepherd, realizes that in tending to the sheep, it's not always green pastures and it's not always still water. Sometimes the shepherd needs to lead us through the valley of deep darkness. Or as it's translated here, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, David, as a shepherd, knew that terrain and knew that there was mountains. And if you were walking, life isn't always a mountaintop. Sometimes to get to the next place, you have to walk through a deep valley. And this was long before the time that everybody had in their pocket a device that could give them directions, do their banking, and has a flashlight on it. It's like all of a sudden you would go as a shepherd into these valleys and there would be tree cover and there would be mountains and it would be dark and it spoke about the uncertainty of life. And the Bible teaches us that sometimes God who is our shepherd leads us into these valleys that feel dark and uncertain. The skeptic would say that's why we don't believe in God because if God were good he would never do that. But that is just the voice of skepticism. We all know that voice because we all have it. But we learn some very specific things about how we all should navigate life when it gets scary, when it's uncertain, when we don't know what the future might hold. What should we do? Well, we learn first, you and I, We should not fear. My friends, do not fear. I get it right from the verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil. Could we be honest? There's lots of people who know Jesus as the shepherd who are fearful of all sorts of things. We live in maybe the most fretful, fearful society in history right now. Partially because of our access to information when something bad happens across the globe, you hear about it right? as it happens we're actually not designed to function this way. Listen, horrible things happen on an enormous globe with all sorts of people, but we're bombarded with it it 's like you just think that everything is always bad because we 're always hearing about a bad thing that 's happening somewhere on the globe where if you think about for those of you who are older, you only got the news at the six o'clock news or when the newspaper came the next day. And before that, you only got the news. You never got it. It was like, if it didn't happen in your neighborhood, you never heard about it. You didn't know what was going on. Now, all of a sudden, we're all bombarded with all these things. And so fear is very normal. Of course, when it says that we should not fear... Some scholars have said, now I haven't verified this, I might be passing along bad information, but I think it's probably pretty good, that the Bible has the words, do not fear, or a derivative of it, 365 times in your Bible. You don't have to be brilliant to say, we got one for every day of the year. <laughs> But why would the spirit of God in inspiring the word of God, why would there be such specific redundancy over and over and over and over again, the reminder that you and I should not fear? Why? Because God who created us and knows us knows that all of us have fears. There's not a person alive who doesn't struggle being fearful. Now, people respond to fear in all sorts of ways. Some people respond to fear by getting angry and showing you that they're not scared by being aggressive. But really, that's just their fear showing you through aggression. Other people curl away and hide away. Both responses are still rooted in fear. I'm here to tell you that Fearing is normal for humans because we are not knowing much. I say that because God is all-knowing. God knows everything. Not one of us can claim that. Nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring. Nobody knows what is around that corner. I've always joked that I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Nobody knows the day and the time of when that last breath, what are the circumstances? We don't know that. Nobody knows what's going to go on tomorrow. In you name the circumstance, we don't know what's going to happen. And because of our lack of all-knowingness, we look at the future and we look at uncertainty and we fill in the gap of a lack of knowledge with this is not going to go well. I've never met somebody who when they hit their retirement number of savings when they retire, actually feels comfortable with that number. I've never met someone who achieves their five-year plan that actually feels contented that they got there. Because there's always the next thing that's going to happen, the next circumstance that we don't understand. So fear is normal for a human And especially when we're in the valley of deep darkness, especially when we can't see clearly what happens next, what could happen, what might happen. Now, remember I told you there's 365 derivatives of do not fear. I just picked out three to read to you. Listen to first, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, Moses encouraging the people before they go into the promised land, a place they've never been before. Moses says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Listen to Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Or listen to Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know, John 14 and Psalm 23 land in a unique place in my heart because remember I told you my mom got sick when I was in college. Well, the first time I ever read the Bible was I would read Psalm 23 and John 14 to my mom in the middle of the night and the months before she passed away because she didn't want to go to sleep because she was scared that she'd never wake up. And so, because I was a college student, I was up all night anyway. So I told my grandparents to go to sleep. And I hang out with my mom. And she was like, would you read this to me? And there was a bookmark in Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And there was a bookmark in John 14. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. But let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. My mom was comforted in those last days in her valley through these words. First time I'd ever read the Bible. Those passages. But how can God make the audacious claim that we should not be afraid in a world with such uncertainty and such pain? Well, look at what the verse actually says. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? for you are with me. My friends, God's presence changes everything. See, the reason we should not fear is not because there are not fearful things that may happen. We do not need to fear because God is with us. That even though the future is uncertain, It may be uncertain for us, but it is certain that God is with us and will be with us. Every one of the verses I read to you before, Deuteronomy 31, Isaiah 41, all of those verses, God said, don't be afraid. Why? Because I am with you. Do not be dismayed because I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of courage because I am with you. Jesus says, my peace I give to you because I am with you. My friends, listen. Are you in a valley today? Are you racked with fear about the circumstances that you're going through tomorrow? Listen, the reasons you're fearful is because you do not have full and complete knowledge, but the person who holds all of history and eternity in his hands, who is certain, who knows what will happen, he promises that he is going to be with you. He is with you right here and right now. Matthew's gospel, the end of the Great Commission, ends with Jesus saying, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Brothers and sisters, we need to be people who are very, very aware of the presence of God. Oftentimes, we relegate God's presence to when things are going good. And we have a tendency to forget the presence of God when we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death. But David's like, no, no, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil. Why? Because you are with me. This reminds me, of course, of Moses and the Lord speaking in Exodus chapter 33, verses 14 and 15. God is talking to Moses about them going into the promised land. And the Lord says to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to the Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. I love that. Moses saying, Lord, if you are not going with us, we don't want to go. And my friends, listen, the big journey for all of us as we come to know Jesus and as we walk with Jesus, is being able to cultivate a continual awareness of this reality, the ever-presence of God. We have a tendency to think that God is with me when things go well and God isn't with me when things are going poorly. Or God really loves me when I'm doing well, but when I'm doing poorly, God's love isn't really there for me. I'm here to tell you that is a total lie. God can't love you more and God won't love you less. God's love for you is not dependent upon your performance. God's love for you is rooted in the fact that he is love. Now, what changes as it relates to how we're living is our own awareness of God's presence. The reason sin is so challenging for us is because not only is it our nature to sin and rebel against God, but really what goes on is that when we start to walk in that rebellion against God, it numbs our ability to be aware of his presence. And by numbing out our awareness of God's presence, then it throws everything else off because then we live in more fear and we do more dumb stuff. And obviously when you start in those habits of sin, then you just keep doing it and it keeps numbing you out. Before you know it, you're at a place where your conscience is seared. But what would it look like for us to really embrace the reality that life is not designed to be easy? The life that God has for us in Christ is actually designed to be a place that at every turn, he wants us to become more and more aware of his presence and trust in his goodness, no matter what the circumstances of the day are. Now, I'm going to talk about a couple of things as we kind of finish this message out, that it's going to be a little bit challenging to you if you're a contemporary person, which guess what? All of you are. Okay. Now, I said this before, and it's so funny, because I realize that for some of you, you see me and you're like, Fusco, you are ancient. Like, you are just an old dude, and I am. And some of you, you're like, Fusco, you are like a baby. Like, you just got here. I always like to say, like, as an almost 50-year-old person, I'm in that bridge. I'm old to some people, and I'm young to some people. So I'm like, I'm in that gap generation right there, right? But I am coming in hot on fifty, so it's like, whoo, here we go, right? But here's the deal. Contemporary culture believes that life is as it ought to be when everything is easy. And thus, anything that is hard is negative and bad. And here's what I want to tell you. That's a total lie. Because, listen, I love all the progress we've made as a society. I'm a big fan of all the progress. It's a cool thing. But can we be honest? Is anyone happier today than they were 50 years ago? Statistically, America is way less happy now than they were 50 years ago. All the research points to it. Why? Because really what we've done is we told everyone, as your life gets easier, the conveniences and the ease of life is going to make you happier. And look at the emerging generation that's coming up right now. Statistically, the most unhappy generation to date with the most conveniences. Now, I'm not knocking the younger generation. You know why? Because I want to talk to the younger generation for a second. Listen, all of you, look at me. We have failed you. The reason we failed you is you have been raised to think that when anything is hard, it's bad. And I'm here to tell you, only the best things in your life are going to be hard. Jesus is...
0: If you were to make a graph of your life, it probably would look something like a roller coaster track, really high highs and low lows, with a bunch of medium-sized humps and bumps sprinkled throughout. (laughs) Lots of those bumps came after you became a Christian, too. As Pastor Daniel spoke on today, God carried you through those times both high and low, and if you let him help to make the low times not quite so low. Hey, everybody. Pastor Daniel here, lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver,
1: Washington. We would love to connect with you in person. We have services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If you are not able to join us in person, connect with us online at live.crossroadschurch.net or find
0: us on Facebook at Go, the number two, and Crossroads. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share the conclusion of his teaching when life is scary. He'll be talking about the fact that fear is normal for humans, and that becoming a follower of Jesus doesn't give you some kind of force field against bad times, what Psalm 23 will let you know is that valleys are as normal as mountaintops and that God being there with you, leading you, is also normal. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Wild. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.